You're listening to the Hopped Up Network. The show you're about to listen to is part of the Hopped Up Network's growing family of craft beer podcasts in the U.S. and Canada. I think it's great. Find this show and others like it at hoppedupnetwork.com, the spot for informative and entertaining craft beer podcasts. I love it. I love you guys. You're listening to the Hopped Up Network. This is Neil Fisher from Wellworks Brewing Company, and you're listening to the Pints and Provisions Podcast. You're listening to the Pints and Provisions Podcast with Evan, Mark, Ryan, and Dan. You're listening to the Pints and Provisions Podcast with Evan, Mark, and Dan. Oh, I forgot to... I can't us up now. Football. Yeah, big win. Big win. So. All right, here we go, gents. Uh, we're here at Poor Brothers, Pints and Provisions back after a couple weeks. Uh, Ryan, welcome. Hello. Brad, good to have you here. Good afternoon. So thanks to Poor Brothers for uh, allowing us to come down here and crash their party. Um, got a good crowd here that saw the end of that Illinois game. Heck yeah, that was awesome. Wisconsin goes down. Wisconsin goes down. <laughs> last uh, last second field goal for the win. So Lovey will Lovey will keep his job for a little bit longer. I hope he keeps his beard for a and lot longer beard. too. My Absolutely. Goodness. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, he has to keep it forever now after that win. He better. So we've got an exciting lineup of the uh, Tete de Cuvée here from Side Project from Batch One, Two, and Three. Uh, so we've got those fired up in front of us. What we're going to do, of course, is first start off with our beers of the week, and then we'll go into our, I should say, pint of the week, and then we'll go into our provision of the week. So, uh, Brad, hope we don't uh, catch you off guard with the provision of the week as well. Ryan, you uh, elect to go first? Yeah, I really didn't. Uh, I didn't have a ton of beer over the past week for the most part, but uh, I was in Austin and Dallas, Texas last weekend, so... Uh, we went over to uh, Live Oak, had some uh, good beers from them. Uh, Big Bark is a new one that they came out with. Amber, uh, v- Amber like Lager, Vienna? D- Vienna Lager, I think, for this okay. time of year. Um, their Pilsner had a couple of other ones on draft. But uh, I think the beer of the week is probably one that we had at Craft Pride, another great beer uh, bar in Austin, Texas. Um, Nocturne Chrysalis by Jester King on draft. So oh, uh, getting nice. a pour of that was really, really good. Is that Blackberries? Bla- blackberries, yep. Yep. Uh, so nice wild ale, uh, American wild ale with blackberries. It was fantastic. Had it before out of the bottle, but always having it on draft, close to the the source or whatever, is always a fun time. I love that place, and they usually specialize in Texas craft beer Absolutely. at Craft Pride. Um, and I love the bartenders. They they serve up a real proper kind of sloppy pint. Like they love to let it kind of pour over the end of the glass, yep. or the edge of the glass, and they nice get a good head on it too. They did that ex- with my my uh, yellow rose. Yeah, no, they're exquisitely <laughs> How do you like, like that. Oh, it's fantastic. It good, yeah, they so are good. exquisitely good at pouring a beer, which yeah. I really appreciate. Yep. So, all right, Brad, you're up. All right, I would say I pulled out a 2017 Sump last night. Oh, nice. Ooh. And uh, wasn't sure how much coffee would would still be in there, but my, it uh, it woke us up. 
pretty pretty good. So it blew the socks off most of the folks that I was with. So uh, very dark, you know, very kind of chocolatey at the beginning, and then the the coffee really hits you at the end. So very impressed how nice. it uh, how it stored. Always good. That place always has good coffee. Uh, Sump does. Coffee, so yeah. if you're in St. Louis, hit that up. So actually, uh, we should point out that uh, Sump had some kind of partnership with another brewery, and so they Uh-oh. have severed ties with Perennial. Severed? Actually, Perennial has severed ties with, uh, with Sump. Oh, that's disappointing. So uh, did not, did not as go they up will the prices not have, of Sump. So they will not have a Sump um, anymore for, I guess, is if 2019 hasn't come out yet, then... Their next release, uh, they won't have. They wanna, I don't know if they're going to do something with Blueprint Coffee instead or something else. I was going to say maybe that'll give an opportunity for another coffee roaster in St. Louis to kind of yeah. partner and and come to to terms with what that means for their beer, and maybe it opens up new doors for everybody. Yeah, I don't remember what Sump did something, but Perennial didn't like it, and so they just said, "All right, we're not going to do uh, a partnership with you guys anymore." Coffee drama. So Sump, BA Sump, <laughs> yeah, coffee and beer drama. <laughs> I wonder if those prices are going to go up. I mean, I, I got to think it's going to be a headline on CNN, Fox News here, <laughs> come shortly. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe in the dirt lord beer world, yeah, it will be. Um, I'm going to go with actually what last night. Now, I, I had a close second because I was at Moore. I met our uh, co-host, Daniel, up before uh, a trip up in uh, Chicago. We went to Moore Brewing for the first time. At least I was there. Um, but I will say that last night's beer that I had was uh, my favorite of uh, the last couple weeks. It was the Vale Brewing's. Uh, Kentucky Reserve Sleeping Forever. Small format. Did you have the the special reserve one yet? That was it. That was it. That was okay. it. Okay. Uh, small it. <laughs> small format bottle. Uh, I, I just been itching to try this. Well, I know it you is, got the set, and so you you popped the first one like six months ago or a year ago, and I was like, all right, two more. I got two more <laughs> left that I can try with them. And, it was, it. Uh, it was a beer that they originally brewed basically when they first opened, and then they aged it for. 24 months in Weller and Four Roses barrels. Sounds awful. Awesome. Thick, viscous, but not like uh, overly viscous. Um, Had a great, perfect mouthfeel. It was very dark and bitter chocolate. Um, Good good amount of uh, sweetness, but definitely wasn't overly sweet, so I think it was a pretty well-attenuated beer. Um, But it was nice. It was perfect for a small format, like 375 size a bottle and a 14% ABV. That was basically all I had last night. It was perfect. Did you drink it out of the Glencairn that came I, with the set? Uh, yeah. If you go to our social media page, you all can right. see the proper Glencairn glass with the Sleeping Forever logo Love on it. it. So uh, thanks to the Vale. Uh, they shouted out back at us when I posted that, that they, uh, they gave a bunch of hand claps to our, uh, our review of that, or at least our post of that. So oh, they did? Cool. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So cheers to the Vale. All right, on to the provision of the week, which is our uh, new fun one. Uh, is it a sausage from Bangers, Ryan? Is that what your favorite one was? Wait, so we're going to provision, and then what's the last one? That's it, provision of the week. Oh, man. I didn't catch you Ooh. off guard, did I? Well, I was hoping to do a drink and Fine, food. do a drink. I don't care. Um, but uh, no, I'll... Uh, okay, sorry. Guys, did, Ryan wants to just share everything he had over I, the I, past I, week. I really just want to share everything that I had in, uh, in Austin, Texas, because it was such a good time. It but, is a good um, time. So, so we went to this place called Midnight Cowboy. It's a speakeasy that uh, essentially has no signage. Uh, it did come up on Google Maps where the address was, but there's no sign. It looks like a That's kind fun. of like a junky old apartment building. Perfect. And it had this like neon red light outside of it. And so I think what that's supposed to mean is that they have all their tables are full or you like can't go in. And occasionally it'll change to green if they are welcoming customers. But we didn't really fun. know the scoop. 
So we, uh, you had to ring the right doorbell because there's like 10 different things you can ring and only one works. Oh, that's awesome. So that's I, I have no idea what happens if you ring all nine <laughs> and not the right one, if it just, it's process of elimination or what happen, whatever happens. But there was no way it was like a hidden door that basically they opened from the inside, but we couldn't open from the outside. So we rang the right doorbell. They let us in and they said, um, we have a reservation here in about an hour, but you guys have time um, to have a drink or two if you want to come in. So we're like, absolutely. Um, and so uh, so funny enough, I had actually read that it was a bur- like, a, like a rare bourbon place, like a speakeasy, but rare bourbon. So I asked them for a, like what their rare bourbon list was because they handed us the menu that was, it, it was called a pass, like it says passport on the front. Okay. And... Um, I asked for that, and they said, um, why don't you just look at the menu we gave you first? And, like, <laughs> I think you'll find something there that you like. So, anyways, I went with the uh, the number 10, and um, I'm actually struggling to get a, a picture. That, or I went with the number 9. It's called Another Dawn. Uh, it has uh, Japanese whiskey, Bulls Jennifer. I don't know what that, if that's pronounced correct. Okay. Coffee, macadamia nut, salt, and then it came with, like, um, like a crispy kind of soft crispy waffle chip that okay. you like dip into the drink and then they made it right in front of you and okay. it was just fabulous fun experience part you know that's kind of the whole provision part of it too is just the experience the place was probably 12 feet wide by 30 feet long like it was tiny yeah super cool so we had um like two drinks each and then went and had, had dinner after that so it was awesome yeah I went to a similar place in San Francisco. Uh, no, sorry, San Diego is a speakeasy. And same kind of thing. Very tiny, very small thing. And very, like, procured, crafted cocktails that you waited for. You know, waitress came over, and you waited five, ten minutes, if not, you know, that much just for your drink. And it was fantastic. So that's fun. Those are fun places. Yeah. My wife and I went to one in uh, Washington, D.C. Uh, we went at a Thursday. Apparently, it was the happy hour for all the folks that... Uh, are uh, working for Congress, so we walked in and it was a very like old school cigars, drinking yeah. bourbon, and then they had this list of, of fine cocktails. And it was it was so small and really dark, but it was a uh, you know you, you thought you were back in the you know twenties and thirties. You know, That's awesome. So it was really it's cool. cool. Yeah, yeah. It's all about that experience too. All right, so. If you want to make that your provision of the week, that's fine. I'll do that. Okay. I'm good with that. All right, Brad, you're a provision of the week. It could be a drink, a cocktail. It could be a food item that you made or had. Cigar. Cigar or something like that. Provision is almost anything. Almost anything. It could be your rock climbing experience today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little shout out to uh, First Ascent here in Peoria. Did some rock climbing for the first time. Uh fingers are still a little little stressed from that experience but it was uh two really hands on your beers then you know when you drink those just keep two a- hands absolutely on them. absolutely uh, no injuries the kids came out on skates so we're pretty happy there uh you know we really haven't been that uh you know going going far that far out of uh out of the norm on food it's all um, right i will say that i uh on wednesday i made um green pepper bacon and a chihuahua cheese stuffed Hamburgers. Oh, wow. What was the cheese? Chihuahua. You get that in town? Yeah, there's a there's this little place um, to cross from um, Wingstop. I guess it's off uh, off of University in Glen. I guess okay. right there by, by Fire Tucks. So they, have, they have Chihuahua cheese there, and it's sort of just, it's light and fluffy. Um, it doesn't really overpower the dish. So, 
Had a little trouble oh. keeping the burger together, but uh, my goodness. That sounds uh, great. It was fantastic. That so, sounds fantastic. A little shout out to me, a little ingenuity. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Nothing wrong with that. That's a, yeah, there, that sounds perfect. Cause little, yeah, a little messing around with a burger can go a long way, so that's awesome. Um, me personally, in terms of a provision, I'm just going to go hot dog at Bush Stadium while watching the uh, game one of the NLCS. So nothing special about a hot dog in general, but and, when you have a hot a dog, nice beer in hand, and a and a Zwickel, They're, you know, oh, a, a Urban Chestnut Brewing yeah. Company Zwickel. When you're watching on a Friday nice night, local lager, heck yeah, local lager, uh, draft lager. They had it on draft. Watching your little, team do a beat down on the St. Louis. Watching Cardinals. our team almost pitch an eight inning. Uh, uh, no hitter against the uh, the hot Cardinals at that point because they just come off a, a thumping of you know, the don't, Braves. Don't, don't, don't dig into Brad's Cardinals so, too much. Oh, so so I know that I made a lot of good uh, Cubs fans uh, happy over the last week. They've been congratulating me, but sorry, Brad. I, but being there at Bush Stadium, I think that you know you can go down to St. Louis and have an amazing experience at Bush Stadium. I think that their fans are always very congenial. I mean, maybe other than if you're a Cub fan, you know, there's a rivalry no, I think, there. I but think they're pretty good there, St. too. St. Louis fans, I think, are always very – they're reasonable. The, you know, they don't have too high of expectations, but, you know, they, they do high, hold their team to a high standard because they've been there. You know, they've won a lot of championships. They've been good, but great experience, uh, good beers, good times. Uh, glad I made the out-of-the-way excursion down there uh, to go to my first-ever playoff baseball game, and I got to see the – the Nats uh, pull out a win there. So I think fun. it was in Game Three that the uh, the Cardinals fans gave the uh, the Washington starting pitcher a standing ovation as he left the field because it was Anibal had, uh, Sanchez had like seven and two thirds no hitter or yeah. something like that. Yeah, I mean it's he like, was yeah, he pitched. Kind of have to do that. Then. I go, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, I, I that and that's just respect from you know guys that uh, you know fans that know, know the, good know baseball, the game, know, know the game. game, know good baseball. So. Um, yeah, now I'm just sitting, waiting, finding out who the Nats are going to play in the World Series, and uh, hoping they can. Hoping at least they don't cool down too much. I know, I know. There's there's a lot of things you got to think about there, but uh, they're professionals. You know, you figure that they'll be ready when they're ready. So I'll tell you what, the uh, Nationals Astros, um, you know, matchup would be fantastic. You know, pitching and offense. I just think you're head right. to head. That would be phenomenal. Totally. I think you got a couple teams right there that have. I want to see Max Scherzer, Garrett Cole. Oh like, yeah. Come yeah. on, and you, we may see it twice. Like that'll be awesome. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, even I mean, the Yankees are giving the Astros a pretty good run uh, right now. Although the Yankees aren't really playing some of their best baseball yeah. the, the season. Big but one the, last night for them. Well, yeah, obviously the Astros. Uh, yeah. The Astros have put up a <laughs> so fun each fight. It's big for the Yankees here. Fun fight, pitching and batting. You know, both teams I yeah. think are uh, really good at both of those things. So my kids are also really excited because you know the Nationals have Baby Shark as kind of their um, you know their playoff anthem. Um, oh, they do. I yeah. Well, I one of their players' that. name has last name's Para. They call him Para Shark, and so their little uh, their little mascot now is a baby shark. So every time you see them have hits, they do the baby shark uh, motion to each other, and so it's kind of been a fun thing for them. And of course, my kids are just like they think that's the Love funniest it. thing. Absolutely. So, um, so that's what's going to turn them into Nationals fans for life, not <laughs> the fact that their dad is a Nationals fan. Well, they're they're, they're, they're full in because we we buy them jerseys and stuff like that, so they're they're good. Um, why don't we talk about this uh, vertical we I'm got here? Dying because to talk about these. This. Uh, these are some very special beers to begin with, and to have badge one through three in front of us uh, through procurement of all three of us has uh, really finally come together. Um, just to describe this, Tete de Cuvée is a blend 
of some of their best and oldest wine barrel age fermented saisons. Uh, each blend is going to be a little bit different. Uh, we can go into. I was going to say, so when when we're saying we've got like the vertical, it's it's really like three different beers almost. It's still three different beers, yeah, it's, but it's, it's they're comparable to each other. They're blends of there's no two barrel aged saisons that are the same. Yeah, I mean, come on, they're never the same. No, but if you do like a uh, some of the fermiers that are you know the the same fruit batch one, two, and three, sure. those at least are a little bit similar recipes. They, yeah, I guess they've got. But these similar. are like totally different percentages and probably. How the how the the liquid in the barrel was tasting and how Corey wanted to blend them um, and even just maybe different beers uh, in all of them. I actually haven't looked at the description for all three, but all right. Well, I'll quickly do blend wine. Okay, it says uh, it contains Eau de Fermier, Eau de Blay, and several experimental barrel fermented saisons, each of which was barrel fermented in French oak and aged at least one year before blending and being naturally conditioned in this bottle. So that's blend one, which was, was that 2014? So the liquid's 2014, and then it came out in, I think, 15, 15 or 16. And then, and then when we move on to batch two, which was 2015, this was uh, the second release contains barrels of Eau de Fermier, which was barrel fermented aged between one and three years before blending and being naturally conditioned in this bottle. So there you go. That's seven percent. And then Ryan, you want to read? Yeah. So I was the reading one? the the bottle on uh, Blend Twenty Sixteen, and it's pretty similar to what you read for the first one. For uh, it, it contains Oud Fermier, and that's kind of like a white whale of for a lot of people of side projects. So I think when they put that in the blend, I think people get pretty excited. But it doesn't have any other details on anything else. It does say um, it's it's aged for two years as opposed to one for blend one. On untapped, it actually has a different ABV, 7% instead of 6, um, but it says uh, it's it's a blend of select Oud Fermier barrels, one rack to French oak, one rack to Chardonnay French oak, and one rack to white burgundy French oak. So it almost seems like batch three might be just Oud Fermier, um, but, but blended into different barrels and, and Same with like batch that. two okay. from so, what I read there. Which is blend one cool. or this first batch? First batch is so smooth. It is so smooth, like velvety. I don't get any. It's not tart. It's not sweet. It's not bitter. It's just sort of like a beautiful marriage of all of those things. And I feel like the second one is a little more tart. I think the second one's the crisp. most tart of the three. Yeah, it's a little more crisp and tart. Although the third one's still pretty tart, but the I get a little bit has, more uh, sour. Yeah, second one has a lot, like less tart, 16. but kind of just like tangy sour. In three, yeah, I get that in, in two. Yeah, there's some like there almost too. like a like a lemony, not fruited, but maybe like a white wine grape. I feel like I feel like you're probably just really getting age off of all these with the third one being the youngest of the three you're getting a lot more pronounced yeah fruit sweetness tartness the softness of batch one is, is incredible it's crazy um, that's and it probably most, does come with age that's probably the most differentiating factor is the first one is just so smooth yeah yeah it, it has no bite to it at all no 
and there's plenty of carbs, so it's just in, it, right. It's kind of incredible how that comes through. Um, so soft with basically, I mean, just looking at them after swirling them around. Batch two has probably the most carb, but but one and three have about similar. But the the way that this both of those go down is completely different. Yeah, I. All three of these are incredible. And all three opinion. of them, like I would, all I would, three are incredible. I like it young, but I also like it old. And and there is nothing that age won't do good for these things. You know. Yeah. You have one of these, and if you haven't thought about drinking it, don't worry. You're you ain't missing out on anything because this is only going to be something like a um, Cantillon or something that's gonna it's gonna shine in, in with the test of time. Yeah, the nose is definitely different between 15 and 16. I actually haven't even done that yet. So I've been so dizzy I was drinking so it. antsy Thanks, to Brad. taste them. Thanks for reminding but us I to smell it. I just was like kind of swirling yeah, them around, but I just really wanted to dive right into them. The first batch, again, the nose is just so smooth and easy, but it's, I, I'm trying to find a, desc- a description of how 15 and 16 differ, but there is a noticeable nose difference. Yeah, I think two has like this more fruity grapefruit zest. Grapefruit, pith. definitely. Yeah, you know, that's it's, what I was it's not sweet, but it's not bitter. It just has a has a grapefruity lemon mm-hmm. um, quality to it. And then the last one, I feel like I get more of a grapey fruit out of it. The first one really is. It comes off more as like a really well aged lambic or saison. Yeah, and the other two definitely come across not harsh, probably is the wrong word, but definitely just a, enough t- added tartness to it to kind of differentiate them into a little bit more of a sour type. There, yeah. I think if we line these up blind, I think we would all pick out the oldest one. Yeah. But I don't think I could differentiate blend two and three based on description and age and things like that. No, no. I think that it would be pretty easy to pick our favorite out of these and we would I think with, with these well I think one to me is okay. my favorite but when you when you have time on a beer like this I mean it just really shines because a lot of the sharpness on the edges of things really softens out and you get more of that um, if I go back and smell it yeah I, I one is definitely my favorite I don't know if we were getting to that yet or not, but the blend two and three are are pretty close. I mean, for all, all all beautiful beers, for all that you have to do and all that goes into a beer like this, to have it be so almost hard to describe is very challenging because you have the tartness of spontaneous fermentation. You've got you know the barrel kind of playing games with it. And to have it just, I mean, mellow in your mouth, like... Especially with all the multiple barrels in some of these. You got it. Try, trying to get that variety down to something that, uh, that that hits the mark here. That's impressive. I still am amazed at blenders, you know, like Corey. It fascinates me every time I drink one of these. The thought I mean, of what effort goes into it. And yeah. I have, I don't even know, but like, you can just but read the description. out. I mean, you, you know, it's it's trial you can, and error. You can taste the effort that goes into making this and, and the blending and what work he does to pick the percentages and the qualities and characteristics out of each barrel and how to mix them perfectly. And it is just it's a science and it's just it, it comes it comes through <laughs> so defined in, yeah. in what they what they come out with. Yeah. Um, I listened to a podcast. Uh, 
podcast talking about a podcast. Uh, Craft Beer and Brewing Magazine has their own podcast, and there was a uh, takeover where Corey King and Neil Fisher sat down and just talked to each other. Who's Neil Fisher? Uh, the Weldworks. Weldworks, okay. Oh, okay. They're good friends, and goodness gracious to listen to those two guys talk to each other because Neil Fisher has this, like, just... You know, talk about Corey King has a knack for blending. Neil Fisher has a knack for barrels. You listen to this guy talk about how he thinks about barrels and how he uses barrels. It's incredible. And that's basically what they talked about is like how they blend a beer, how they pick barrels, how they choose barrels, how they figure out how to make this beer a little softer, a little bit harder, a little bit. It's, I mean, obviously you see why they are as good as they are in what they do. Well, and then even taking it back to where those barrels came from, because I know when they're, you know, sometimes they, they do some new French and American oak, but for yeah. the most part, it's it's used wine barrels or um, especially on, obviously, Weldwork side, it's, it's used bourbon barrels. And yeah. when you think about the good distilleries and the good wineries, the work that they go into just to select the barrel that they're going to use, the type of wood and, and how to blend the liquid into the unique barrel characteristics and then how that comes through, you know, down the end of the, the whole chain of, yeah. you know, those barrels get used then for beer and, and what comes through there. It's just the whole process is fascinating. It really just produces just amazing, amazing you, you liquid when how, it's really, when the effort really is there. You can see how important it is because on social media, you know, there's a, there's a lot of, you know, pictures and comments relative to when they get new barrels in and how excited they are and what, yeah. they, what, what it's going to mean to them. So it, <laughs> like the one we were texting the other day when they had the WLW barrel. It was beautiful. At side was beautiful. project. And we're like, oh, my gosh. What's, what? what's, what's happening <laughs> what there? What are they going like, to do with this? Okay, so WLW, Weller, I think they had a year on it. It's like, it's okay, so it, it, it could be fresh stout going into that. But based on the timing, maybe it's fresh okay. stout coming out of it. So maybe the next BBT's WLW. You know, we're sitting here just texting about, like, all the possibilities. And it's just like, yeah, they got it down. They know. And it's just, yeah. Yeah, it's it's cool just to still have that kind of like imagination and thought of what they might what all's behind the scenes when you drink these types of things because it and and these uh, as as we sit here and we've had them open for a while and they've not been cold these are so much better as they get closer to they're still cool but they're not quite room temperature like the bottles will say fifty degrees on them and this is this I think we've got them right now at the perfect temp yeah where they just kind of. They remind you of wine. They remind you of beer. They have a lot of good wood characteristics. They got a lot of fruit and a funk yeah. and tart and sour. They just sort of play around on your your palate like crazy. These, it, if you've gotten them in the cellar and you want to drink it one night, it's like pop it in the fridge for maybe 10 minutes. You don't need anything more than that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Especially yeah, if your cellar's at Get it down 60. a couple of, couple of degrees, but th- I mean, these really are drinking perfectly right now. Yeah. In 2015, Good job, us. It, <laughs> as it warms up, it... it it, it, the mouthfeel is almost changing. It's getting a bit creamier. I was just more, thinking creamier. Yeah, yeah. More, Belgian, these, more I just slipped that and thought that. Yeah, these do get. You're right. These do get creamier because that the I feel like the carb in the head kind of mellows, yep. and especially when you like drink one, it's just like, it's like butter, like 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 meringue, you know. It's got that creaminess of meringue. Yeah. Oh gosh, these are. <laughs> Thanks. Sixteen. I is don't still want them to go away. Well, don't worry. We still have like what half a bottle, and we all had good pours, so we're yeah. good. I know. I'm glad we just kind of did some small pours, and then we're taking our time with those, and then we can do maybe one or two more small pours yeah. and keep yeah. it going. Or, or yeah. do, do like we did with when we did the St. Louis uh, barrel aged beers. Have a have a small little cuvee. Oh, cuvee. I was I was told you that could we do a absolutely cuvee have to a have a cuvee. 
A cuvee of the cuvee. So I will do that. Um, so we've all had some uh, fun trips. Brad, have you gone anywhere lately that's been food-centric, beer-centric, that have, uh, that, that, that's been good that you want to share with everybody? Unfortunately, I've been pretty homebound recently, but I, I can say we went to uh, Clearwater Beach, Florida back in June uh, for my kid's birthday, and we basically did a, a tour of the small you know, Mexican restaurants over the course of four days. Oh, great. Um, and a lot of these places... They've got a few on the beach, don't they? They do. And, and the ones we, we picked you know, were ones that... It, it was old school. You, you went up and you ordered and you picked it up and you went and sat down. There was no alcohol served. It was yeah. just straight you know, Mexican food. Um, and that was amazing. And we obviously we kept going back day after day. Um, yeah, not a lot of... We are actually going this fall. We're going to go to Napa. Nice. Um, so yes. we'll, we'll wine-centric trip. We're uh, we're putting together a um, um, an agenda that uh, both pairs wine and food. So I'll, I'll definitely have have more to share after that. Do you have wine uh, wineries picked out already? So uh, I do not have that yet. We're going with uh, another couple who has been there multiple times. Okay. So they are putting together that agenda for us, and I'll let you know when uh, when I know. Before yeah, you approve, let us know. Because that's overwhelming. I've, you know, to it go is. to a place like, like the first time I went, I, it was unbelievable. Um, just how many options there are, how to even set up the the tastings yeah. and all that. It was just like, where do you even start? Yeah. So I'm showing Ryan a picture, but this was uh, a photo sent to me last night by the gentleman oh, who set yes. this up, and he said, "This is definitely one of the places we're going." Okay, so Stag's Leap is absolutely fantastic. Um, I assume that uh, you know they have a lot of different brand names. Like Odette is one that I that comes to mind because um, it's maybe the best wine I've ever had, um, but but it's it comes from the Stags Leap Wine okay. um, Wine Company or winery or whatever the the company's called. So I assume that all of those you could have at Stags Leap, or I don't know if you actually go to the specific areas for if Odette has its own or what. But um, I'm pretty excited because he's, he's got like a few he's Artemis like, here in the picture, and that's kind of one of the Stag's Leap signatures. So nice, uh, and, and he's, he's he knows been what there he's doing. So obviously. many times that he's got, you know, he knows some of the folks there, so he's able, you know, for for a little extra coin, able yeah. to get, uh, you know, some special, it's a little special treatment consideration there. So I'm nice. excited. That'll be fun. I'll be over my head. So you said this fall, uh, technically, we're like a third of the way into this fall. So we are. We are, are you leaving it. like next weekend or coming up soon? In November is okay. the current plan. Awesome. It's technically still fall. Yeah. It's technically still fall. So we went uh, We went there, I guess it was September, and a lot of the wineries were harvesting, so they weren't doing tastings because all of their employees were yeah. busy with the harvest. So I assume in November, you're still going to get some nice temperatures, and then all the harvest is over, and you might even get some fresh wines from the year before that... Like we're released because a lot of the wines re- get released in October, so that'll be like really good timing. That, that's what he had indicated is that okay. you know, September, October is kind of the prime months, you know, in the fall. But it settles down, it slows down in November. Yeah, that's and perfect. You can just really relax and enjoy yourself. Nice, awesome, and the prices are a bit cheaper, so that helps. And Ryan, you were killing it in ATX. Yeah, in the ATX, you went to Bangers, you went to Live Oak. How was Live Oak in terms of uh, them them crispies? Uh, the beer was fantastic. We went, uh, we literally walked in at, they opened at noon. We walked in at 11.59. Perfect. <laughs> and they were able to sell us a beer. Maybe by the time she got done pouring the first one, it switched over to noon, so it was legal. But um, So we time, we just by landing at about 11 or whatever, it just kind of worked out perfectly that we walked in right when they opened. Oh, nice. But we're the only ones in there. Um, it was 48 degrees. 
40 mile per hour winds in Austin, in Austin, Texas. I bet and, everybody uh, there was freaking in out. October. So I, th- I think for the most part, like no one went out like uh, other than inside at bangers. Um, a lot of the places were pretty empty. The, uh, the so speakeasy nice. we went to was, was full, but they only had like five tables. Uh, the, we had a phenomenal dinner. Uh, it was pretty empty in there. So we had a, a great service and, uh, you know, just chatted with a couple of the people there or whatever, the GM and stuff. You get a chance to get a little more intimate with the folks there without... Yeah, uh, yeah. So that part was great. Um, You know, people at Craft Pride were fun to talk to and stuff like that. So that always was pretty nice. But uh, Live Oak, it's awesome. It's it's a beer hall. I mean, it's like what you think of when you think of Oktoberfest and uh, Urban Chestnut. Absolutely. So um, beautifully well done. I mean, I, I took one picture. I don't know if we posted it to social media, but... Just a beautifully well done um, beer hall, and they had their Big Bark, this Vienna Lager that just came out on draft. They had their Oktoberfest on draft, and then their Pills and their Hef are year round. Um, they have a oh, I love their what's it called oh, like God, old their Hef. It's really old good. old year or old old school Pills or something. It's basically like the recipe of what anyone would have made a Pilsner before, like 1920. It's what the okay. common recipe was then. So there's nothing fancy to it, nothing added to it. Um, so it was that part of it was great. The really cool thing with uh, Live Oak, so obviously the weather is great in Austin, Texas, and um, they have a frisbee golf course on their land, on their property there, and so uh, it's basically set up in a way that you play like two or three holes, and it kind of works your way back to the the brewery. So like you end hole three and hole six and hole nine. And it kind of works your way back to the brewery. So you you go get a, a draft, and then you go out and you play hole one. And then Healthy by balance. the time you're done with hole three, you need another one. So it the course allows you to be ready to, to go inside and get another pour before you go into hole four. Uh, they had a food truck and so all that. So I was going to ask you uh, all the breweries you went to. You know what was uh, you know the food truck experience like? Because you know a lot of the posts that I've seen from those breweries, you know the food trucks are are part of the destination as well. It is. Uh, so we actually, so we didn't go to Jester King because it was so cold, but um, Live Oak, they have a food truck that is there permanently. So okay. it's, uh, I don't, I assume there's, you know, it makes it easier for regulations on, um, you know, sanity and stuff like that and all this, all the, the licenses you have to get or whatever, but they just have a food truck that basically doesn't move. It's a German style kind of sausages and different things. Um, Versed. Versts. Is that what it is? Ver- no, no. Wor- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Worsts, like, yeah. like uh, so, But I think that's kind of what the theme is. It's like a lot of these places, they just have the same one. It's got the same menu. So when you go to Live Oak, you know the food you can get. It's just not made by Live Oak. It's made by the food truck that's yeah. 10 feet outside the door. So um, that was that was pretty cool. So it was really cool to see that place. It wasn't really crowded. I mean, because really, like, no one went outside because it was too cold. Oh, those poor Austin um, people, and they get that cold. I know. They just can't handle it. So it was crazy. It was 90 degrees the day before we were there. It was 70 the day we left, and 80 the next day, and 90 the next day. But wow. one, the one day we were there was 40? 48. High 40s? That's weird. It was crazy. Um, we went to Dallas the next day for the wedding. You went to Deep Ellum? We went to Deep Ellum Brewing, which was fantastic. Uh, they do a lot of lagers and IPAs kind of, you know, I, I don't want to say simple beers, but a little bit more. I mean, they're not trying to do anything crazy with all this stuff we're drinking now and barrel-aid stouts and stuff. But uh, I, I kind of stuck with the lager. Like, they had, like, yep. a Hellas lager that was fantastic. So it was uh, 
65 maybe, a little bit warmer in Dallas, and it was sunny, no wind. So we just sat outside on the patio. They had a live band out there and amazing food, like just really cool atmosphere. So uh, Dallas treated us well. Austin treated us well. and Nice. Yeah, nice. no complaints. I feel like there's a lot of uh, interest these days in simplifying the beer and perfecting a lager, for instance. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. You know, it would be interesting to do something with that, you know, one of these podcasts where they're taking some really good loggers and trying to compare and contrast, see if you can understand. Well, we had a crispy episode. Did you? And, and it's so funny how I'm, I'm, I'm still riding this, like, kind of drifting away from the hazy IPA, kind of, although, you know, like, still now, right, right now having a good barrel-aged stout is always going to be good, but... The heaviness sometimes of a, a hazy IPA, especially like I'm at a wedding last week. Granted, they're not going to have a hazy IPA, but just drinking American lagers is kind of nice because yeah. you can have a couple of them and they taste good and they're they're just kind of nondescript and that's okay and that's fine. Like at Bush Stadium, having a Budweiser, it's fine. It's like when in Rome, you have a Budweiser, you're watching baseball, having a hot dog, like you, you don't really want to go outside of that. Yeah. And it, it's just continued to stick. Like, this time of year, it's good to have a Marzen and an Oktoberfest yeah. and things like that. So Change it up. Well, and, and those are nice, like, especially this time of year. It's really flavorful beer that's not super heavy. Like exactly. It is really, like, Big Bark, I think it's maybe 5%. Super light, super crisp, super crispy. Crispy. Um, yeah. <laughs> crispy, uh, crispy. But, but really easy to drink and just exploding with flavor. Um, and a good Oktoberfest, same way good margins so that's always uh that's always a good part of it too well um and even with that said kyle and i's uh, double dry hopped hazy ipa is still tasting really good uh, coming out of the tap at home so i brought a uh let me see if i get my nomenclature right a growler a half glass growler that uh, the poor brothers guys have over there we're gonna pop that here just kind of taste it oh, brad i know excited. you brad has not had it ryan has had it but we'll share that with the you know, bartenders here at Poor Brothers, which we always appreciate uh, their hospitality. So um, I'm still enjoying that at home, but, you know, you can have half a pour and that's fine. You can kind of move yeah. on. So, well, I, I very much appreciated this uh, Tet de Cuvée vertical, uh, so to speak. Uh, thanks for sharing yours, Brad, with us. Absolutely. Which one? So which ones did you guys each bring? I, I didn't Can't even remember. pay attention. I think I had the 16, right? You had the 16? I Brad, you had the 15? Okay. Okay. So uh, Great combination that we kind of just lucked out that we each got different ones. So, Well, and, and we've been fun. waiting to kind of like put these puzzle pieces together to make this happen because it's fun to compare and contrast even though the intention is that these all be a little bit different. Yeah. But you can certainly see why batch one sticks out from the other two, which I bet if you waited... You know, longer on the other two, you'd kind of get the similar experience out of uh, out of those that you yeah. do in batch one. I'm just amazed that Ryan remembered I had a 15 from two or three months ago, and <laughs> he was just waiting for the time to call me up and say, "Hey, let's let's <laughs> pop that." <laughs> Perfect timing. I heard you got that, and immediately before even before even asking you about it, I just was like. My, my light bulb was striking. Your wheels were turning. <laughs> I have a batch one. Evan has a batch three. So um, we're going to make something happen here. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like all the coincidentally various Aslan beers that we have now. Oh, so yeah. We're like, Between okay. the three of us, we've yeah. got some very good Aslan beers, which uh, our buddy Mark out in 
the DC area uh, has always plugged us uh, a, a lot of good rep for the Aslan beers. And Absolutely. We love what they do, so I always appreciate what he shares with us. So, All right, gents. Let's, uh, let's enjoy another great sports day uh, Saturday. I think all the good teams won today. So, uh, oh. meaning good as in <laughs> the ones we like. Okay. Um, and uh, enjoy it. Okay. All right. All right, Brad. All right. Thanks for coming along. Thanks for uh, thanks Poor for Brothers for hosting us again. Their Absolutely. hospitality is fantastic as always. Poor Cheers. Brothers, Peoria Heights, Illinois. All right, guys. Cheers. Thanks, gentlemen.